Hello, you are very welcome to the Inside Our Schools podcast, podcast where we put all the current issues around teaching in Irish secondary schools under the microscope. I'm your host, Andrew Phelan. Today, the online portal opens for students to choose whether they want to be assessed for this year's Leaving Cert through an accredited grade or whether they want to sit a Leaving Cert exam in June. Or indeed, maybe they want to go for the option of doing both and see which one comes out best. On today's episode, we get the teacher's initial reaction to this dual assessment approach. Uh, we discuss the fairness of the new system uh, in comparison to, let's say, the, the exam system that has been in place over the last number of years. We discuss the proposals this year to discontinue the mocks, which seems to be the way a lot of schools are going. We look at the change in classroom dynamics around now that the teachers are back in the classroom with the very students that they will be now assessing for a high stakes point system such as the CAO. And joining us today are Tony Canning, an English teacher, Robert Cheney, a maths teacher, Liam Henley, a chemistry and biology teacher, and Sandra Fay, a business studies teacher. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, please do subscribe. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, on Google Podcasts. And you'll be kept up to date with all the latest episodes and all the latest discussions that we are having. Another reminder before we start um, that all the participants, including myself, uh, are representing their own views uh, and not the views of their trade union or school or workplace or other. It's just their own personal uh, view. Um, So we just want to remind everybody uh, of that. Lads, thanks very much again for coming back. Um, I suppose the last time we we were having uh, this conversation around the Leaving Cert proposals, everything was up in the air and all the trade unions, um, the students, the Anybody involved in education was in a kind of confidential talks um, and uh, everything was up in the air. And while we were on the last podcast, we were, we were playing guesswork at what was going to happen. We were discussing the various outcomes that may happen. The students were asking for a choice. Um, I think a lot of the teachers unions were asking for the exam, although the way that was portrayed in the media was, you know, um, knuckle dragging traditionalists, you know, that we want this big traditional exam, uh, which was never really the case, uh, as most teachers and people involved in the trade unions would know. Um, and of course, then in, in the process of those talks, um, the ASTI walked out of the talks. Um, and, you know, um, what was said at the time was that the department was looking at that time for some kind of hybrid system where it'd be a mix and match of everything. Um, but uh, and then they went back in to get some assurances. Uh, after being given some assurances, they decided to to go back into those talks. And then ultimately, what came out was in the last podcast, what we said would be the worst case scenario is probably what we've been ended up with, which is a choice situation. Um, and not to take the choice away from students, but it's it's a very difficult. Um, scenario to kind of try and work through now as teachers and as an education system as to where we're going with this uh, and that's where we are this year so at the moment students have a choice a portal is going to open for them early in early march for a week um and they will at that point have to make a decision in terms of each individual subject whether they want to get an accredited grade or whether they want to sit the exam in June, um, or they can do both. And I think a lot of schools are advising students to do both um, if they can. Um, and um, that's what they're ended up with. And then the leave and cert result that they get uh, as normal when the leave and cert results come out will be the highest one, uh, if they've chosen both, will be the highest one 
um, on, on the, uh, the the certificate itself when they get it back. And then, of course, the whole CEO system then ramps up and everybody uh, goes into that. And we're hearing also today, just in the media and yesterday, that the points uh, for colleges now are going to increase as well. And because they're saying in the colleges and third level, there's no room for extra places, um, you know, because no, no, I suppose backup has been put in place all along. Uh, they ha- it hadn't been signaled to them all along that this was going to be the case, that all along the department was saying the exam was going ahead and so on. So they're saying now that they don't have the time to organize uh, these extra places that may be needed. So it's going to push the points up uh, for a lot of students, uh, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just a rough synopsis of where we are. There is all the detail that we'll get into now in a second, but I'll just bring some of you you in um, on some of the a, a quick first reaction just to to the initial uh, announcement and what your, your initial thoughts are, and then we can go through the, the details of it. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah. No, I think from the last podcast when we were saying that the reason just to, I suppose to say that we thought uh, the worst scenario would be the mix and match kind of thing would be obviously it would affect the fairness at all grounds. I couldn't understand around the time. And I have to say, as I said a few minutes ago, fair play to the union for being willing to take a stand and say, look, we're not playing these games any longer. Can we have a proper conversation and make proper decisions? And it was about time somebody did. Cause I think the background to the whole thing seemed to be that, um, Let's give students everything they want without giving them anything they want. Let's give parents everything they want without giving them anything they want. Let's give teachers everything they want without giving them anything they want. And this continuous stream of confusion about what was going to happen and what wasn't going to happen could have easily been resolved at the start by saying, we're going to give you a decision in March, now leave us alone. But by allowing this thing to play out in public and to allow theories to come into it, I think the government and sorry, the department more than the government, in fairness, uh, found themselves being bounced around the place and backing themselves into a corner where they had to go with the mixed model of the accredited grades and the actual exams, because that was the only way to please absolutely nobody. You know, and I think that, um, as I said, I think fair play to the union for taking some kind of a stand, but I don't see how the decisions that we've come to at the end of the day, the model that's going to be followed, I don't see how we've how it's any fairer than what we would have had in the first place. That would be my initial take on it, Andrew. Yeah, I think I agree, uh, but I, I don't think it's the decisions that we have come to. I think I think the, the trade unions have been very clear that that they are this is not their decision. That this is not what they opted for. This is this is totally on the department, and they've made this decision. Um, and it's not it's not like they were all in having the talks and this is what they've all come out with together. It's more of they were all in there trying to get their bit or trying to say their bit. And then the department has just said this is what's going to happen. Robert, you want to suppose. Sorry, Robert, can I just ask you one thing? You'd all know more than me. So I'll just ask a quick follow up question. What was the grounds for getting into the conversation in the first place? Could any of you tell me in that? Well, I know I asked in the last podcast, what was the what was wrong with a grown up in the room saying this is what we're doing and moving on? But the. The idea that students would have as much an input into the leaving cert struck me as a very unusual idea to start from. So mm. if anybody can clarify that one on me. Yeah, Rob, like, Robert. I, is... I, I never got to set any of my exams when I was in well, listen, listen, Robert listen, is jumping out of your seat there. Go on, Robert. In, in, in one of Norma's, like, uh, uh, you know, she has these buttons she presses and she just comes out with her catchphrases. I mean, she constantly talks about, about 
uh, that about the stakeholders. You never talk about teachers. You always about the stakeholders. So it, it's a political solution that that allows, as you say, to to not satisfy anyone, uh, but everyone uh, in a sense, uh, be it the students, the, the parents, the the uh, the politicians, the um, in particular the uh, all the opposition parties who are all banging on about. Uh, giving students choice without actually providing any help whatsoever, actually providing some solutions, you know, uh, and the list goes on in terms of the the, uh, the interest groups as such. And at the end of the day, no one was actually talking about actually what was what was actually going to be practical, what could actually be managed to be implemented, because everyone who was to talking and it was a whoever shouts loudest, um, don't know anything about well. Well, they went to school, so they know something about education, but they don't really know how schools work, don't understand the logistics and all the sorts of other issues. So, so it was it was just a case of just trying to please um, the the people in Merrion Street shouting out uh, down down the down the camera lens, and uh, that 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 was that was why they listened to the, the, the students. That's why they listened to um, the opposition parties and didn't listen to anyone who actually knew anything about it. Yeah, Sandra. Look, um, we're all here and we're very strong trade unionists because we believe in people's voices and people's rights. So I strongly supported the students' campaign to fight for a right for cancellation of leave insert because, look, it is a pandemic. And if I was sitting in their shoes, and that's what I kept just saying, look, I'm so, I'm so vocal and I fight so hard for everybody's right and everybody have a democratic input. I know lots of us could say, oh, why should students have a voice? 100% they should, right? But the point is that the... Op um, loose oppositions allowed it to stay within the market, allowed us never to challenge that the, the university is for money now, big time. You watch the expensive student accommodation popping up. Universities far out of the reach of a lot of a lot of working class people. But the point is, is the student union let, let them down badly, massively, right? There was a massive cohort of people who were lobbying and trying to ask the ISSU to talk about open access. And they said, it's not achievable, put it to the side. And for me, I feel the ISSU would like to take this as a massive win that you cancel the leave and cert exam in the middle of a pandemic when we don't even know, to be honest, lads, right, if this is going to go ahead in June. Come on, we could have the fourth wave and the thing would be cancelled. But at the bottom line, what was achieved here is something that the government always wanted. We're sitting here as trade unions is fighting long and hard for the junior there to be assessed, the classroom-based assess assessments to be assessed, and to see have they offered real change? Do they give extra opportunities to working class people? And for me, they don't. I work, I work in an area and I live in an area and people don't have a lot of social capital to help them with assignments and projects and it's continuous, continuous pressure. And now what this win is, the ISSU can take this as a win, try to portray this, portray this as a win when everybody just said there the point system is going to go up they did nothing 43 there's a 43 percent cut per person since pre-2008 in university spending and not once did the ISSU address that or say let's expand the places all they did was shift the system that's no longer fair that's no longer transparent into the same amount of small amount of places the same amount of high pressure point system and now they've got they've possibly enabled the government to get rid of the traditional leave insert that in one sense was transparent you know that the, there was you know it was fair the teacher wasn't your judge and jury and like I had to get this point across to all my students look I correct your work all the time 
as guidance. And like as you said here earlier on the mock, we want to give guidance. I'm not your judge and jury. I'm not playing the game of fitting you into a, a distribution curve. And I know like one in three won't get a place, but I know in the school I am, it's, it's one and uh, it's nine and ten who won't get a place. And I don't want to play part of that game. So I really felt the union stuck their head in the sand. And I don't think members did because we had a CC, which is 180 teachers and were elected. And we put forward to have a committee to put forward an alternative. And we the alternative was to fight for open access. And I think we should have done it earlier. And it should have been front and centre because they had predictive grades, which we all knew was a disaster. It was like the only two things that people see. And as a union, because we were trying to act like it was normal times, it's not. And the true solution here is, like 1970, only 3% of people got secondary level education and the same arrogance. It can't happen. It just can't happen. The right to education and access to any course should happen. And the, and come here, I actually think it will be cost neutral. We know we're com- coming out into massive unemployment. So does the government care about creating mass unemployment and scapegoats after the pandemic that people can be distracted and judge? Or should they be offering training courses university access for the exact same cost I'd say do you know what I mean like what and the mental health crisis of telling people you've nothing to offer that's what's happened the last two years when a lot of people have been forced out of the job market into the homes a sense of feeling what's my purpose and we're going to perpetuate that when we come out of this pandemic with mass unemployment and the government this was the first time that the ISSU really failed the next generation by not putting open access front and forward that I'll leave it at this point actually the unions were the ones who brought it up in national telly both asked the um, representatives general secretary and the president brought it up but I do think it should have been at the start because I'm not even sure we don't know what the Fort Waves we don't know like they're bringing it back and the, the failure as well I think forcing for traditional leaving cert has put us in an unsafe um, position allowed us them to push open the doors to get us back in piecemeal into the school and I think in two weeks time are we all going to be back in really dangerous situations and that's what the, that's what's on the cards and did we allow that for fighting for traditional leaving cert knowing that nobody can control a pandemic so I'd be I'd be seeing both I'd be seeing both sides but like this one nothing this one more pressure with no answers no solutions and it's going to be a bigger disaster than last year because I have no idea what I'm doing in the classroom like now and I have like 20 years teaching and it's the first time I'm like your guess is good as mine lads your guess is as good as mine and I'm actually saying that in the classroom and it's like embarrassing yeah, no, know, I, I, no, I think there was, there was a good few people in the in the union and, and even last year, last year, prior to the predicted grades, there was a lot of people saying, look, if, if the, the exam, because to be fair, not in a traditional sense, but the exam is quite fair. It's the other things in society that are unfair, you know, but it's uh, the exam was kind of the fairest option. But what we were saying is if the exam can't go ahead, then it should be an open access type system. And we're look, we were saying that last year and a few of us, yourself included, Sandra, that were saying that this year. And to be fair, I think in those talks and the general secretary did write a letter to members and they did say in those talks and they did raise it in those talks. And you are correct. It wasn't getting any traction with the other stakeholders and in inverted commas in the room. And that being the ISSU and who said, no, they don't want open access, they want a choice. Um, and I suppose the department, and if you look at um, everything the department has wanted uh, in terms of education is now just been fast-tracked because of this. They've always wanted us assessing their own students. They've always wanted to keep the high-stakes system in place, the CEO system in place uh, with us correcting students for that system. And again, 
they didn't want, they probably, in my view, this is my personal view, they didn't want that solution of open access because they wanted to hold on to the CAO system, the point system, and then just make us correct. And they, they falsely point to other countries all the time, saying that student, that sorry, teachers in other countries correct their own students for the final exams in school, etc. It's, it's just the norm in, in other countries. But in those countries, there is no CAO high stake system. It's just an end of school uh, exam. And then they go into college. Yes, maybe about 30% of get them getting into college is on their, their final schools, but the rest of it's on interviews, it's on metric exams in the college themselves. So it's a kind of a general mix of things. It's not one point system. Um, and I think they've, they've used this situation to try and get that. There was no way they were, the department was going to look at open access. Uh, there was no way they, on earth they were going to do that. And the students didn't look for it either. So I, I think uh, that's kind of where it came from. But I, I, I take at the end of this podcast we talk about lessons that we've learned and maybe next year definitely is something that we should be saying now that's that's the type of system we'll be looking at because you're right and this exam may not go ahead in june if 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 predictions of a lot of scientists and schools reopening come true and numbers going up you know it may very well be that uh, the exam will be cancelled Liam what's your initial uh, your initial views there on this yeah I think my my initial view with you know I share with everyone is is disappointment that there was nothing new there was nothing new and it's it's uh, square peg round hole stuff all over again. And it's putting teachers in, in a very unenviable position of being in the same room as students that they have to now be judge and jury of. Mm. Um, I do think that it's going to be in the vast majority of schools. It's going to be a case that students will opt for both. Um, and I think you may have a situation uh, where some students come the 14th of May uh, they might they might go for all predicted grades and they'll they'll saunter out of school and that that'll be it. But the vast vast majority of them we will have up until the twenty eighth of May. My big concern uh, is the the way that they say that we are autonomous in how schools are run, um, but they're they're no they don't really mean that because if they did they wouldn't be hamstringing us by saying we can only give three by one hour assessments and that we shouldn't be using mocks to go towards the predicted grades um because we're now not able to prepare our students for the extremely tough exam timetable the traditional timetable that they have put for them and and i really feel that we should have been allowed give them two hour uh, trial run exams and that they should be going into face two hour exams in june if that was the only show in town, which, uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't this time last year, I wouldn't have at all been a, an advocate of open access. And I have to say in the last number of months, I, I do agree with it as a concept, perhaps one I'm or still two caveats. not sold for what it's worth. Yeah. And, 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 and I get that. I, I do think there should be one or two caveats, as I said in the last podcast for, for extremely demanding courses, but that's why I feel we should have things like the HPAT and, and interviews and, you know, conversations between an academic and a prospective student and 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 that should help people find their way um so yeah i share a lot of sandra's concerns uh, and, and everyone's concerns i'm i'm just really i'm just really tired of not knowing and now having to wait until march 22nd to know the story i have i have some very um you know potentially high achieving students sitting in front of me every day and they're just asking the questions they're like what's the story? What's happening? What are we supposed to be doing? And I'm like, look, all we can do is, is, is just keep on practicing, keep on, keep on getting through work every day. And when I find out more information, you'll be the first to know, but I just don't like operating. I don't think any teacher, I think we're all sort of like these perfectionists that want, we want to know what's happening and we want to be able to communicate that to our students. 
and we just feel in an information vacuum at the moment and i just think it's 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 another disaster waiting to happen is there a everyone's agreement there yeah go on tony yeah no it's just a quick question that um again you'd all have more insight into it than i would i'm still failing to see why there was a conversation in the first place if i'm the department of education i go okay pandemic is on is it possible to do a leaving cert Mm. yes or no off we go and then when they open the door to conversations, they seem to have brought a lot of these things upon themselves. Like as Liam's talking about the amount of unfairness or the amount of confusion or the lack of clarity. The, if I'm Norma Foley on day one, I suppose I stand there and go, well, just so we're clear, uh, it's people in the media who are asking these questions. I haven't asked any of these questions. There's people ringing Joe Duffy asking questions. I haven't asked any of these questions. My department is still working and uh, we will let you know when we've made our decision. But they left this door open to a communications free-for-all where the next guy out could say, well, there's no clarity. And the next guy would say, well, there's no clarity. All it would have taken was a minister to say, I'll give you clarity when I have it. Now, for want of a less polite place, go away. But they invited the amount of confusion and they invited uh, the students' unions, as Sandra was saying there, (laughs) and they invited... uh, our unions and they invited opposition and they invited so they invited as many voices not to listen to as possible into the conversation (laughs) thus guaranteeing that there was going to be no clarity whatsoever whereas it was really to me it was really straightforward in the middle of february the only clarity you need to do is say we're going ahead with a normal leaving cert and if there's any change i'll let you know (laughs) and we all would have been just going about our business whereas they create they seem to want to create the distraction or whatever it might be. And all that's been left is, although as, as we've all said, they have made a decision. It's the muddiest, le- least satisfactory decision you could have possibly come up with, which could have all been avoided by saying, I'm saying nothing until we've made up our mind. Robert, do you want to have a stab at answering that the, one? The, the, the difficulty again, as I keep going back to to, to uh, Miss, Miss Foley, is that is that she showed her weakness back in, in August when she um, rashly um, sort of uh, reacted to um, foreign issues to do with uh, algorithms, and she decided to tinker with what was originally decided. And ever since then, uh, she has shown her weakness constantly. And actually, she's been criticised for for making decisions without any consultation, and and then then of course having to row back. So so here we are, Tony. You're you're almost you're almost saying the opposite. You're <laughs> suggesting that maybe she should go ahead with doing, doing, making decisions without any consultation. If you're going to be and screwed just, anyway, Rob, you might as well just do it. You know. <laughs> Tony, I suppose my stab at answering that is, um, and I've seen it through um, various subjects um, <clears throat> in terms of the, the, the junior cycle and now now the, the leave insert and the changes. And I'm talking about the the, the COVID pandemic uh, adaptations to the leave insert. And I'm talking about, in general, the new leave insert courses that they're bringing on stream and they, they want to change it to the senior cycle, et cetera, and so on. Every way, everywhere along the way, by the NCCA, by everybody, what you're told at any of these CPD or professional development meetings is that there was consultation on this and there's been consultation and everybody's in agreement and we're all moving forward. When the reality, what I've seen at the meetings that I've went along to is, is the complete opposite, is that everybody at that meeting is saying, no, what are you doing? Just relax for a minute, see how the junior cycle goes uh, and for you know do kind of a longitudinal uh, look at the, at the, the junior cycle see how that plays out and if that fits then and if it works then you can move that kind of model onto leaving cert but what they're doing is just pressing ahead so 
to answer your question, I think the reason everybody was invited is just so that they could say everybody was invited and everybody yeah. had their say. And then they just went ahead with what their plan was originally anyway, which was predict the grades. Uh, um, but anyway, the details. So not allowed to do the mocks. Well, they say you are allowed, but they're discouraging the mocks. And Robert, yeah. It was interesting. There was a there was a discourse, shall we say, on on, on the media a couple of days ago. Uh, TUI uh, general secretary, I think, and and also secondly, there was an article in the Independent about it, uh, and and they they were discussing the issue of the mocks, and uh, there were a lot of comments made by the TUI general secretary. He listed off all sorts of reasons why um, they they shouldn't happen. And to be honest, with you, I'm not going to go through them all. It was slightly spurious. He was he was scratching it at any reason to not run the mocks. And and I can see the argument for not, for not running the mocks. There's a lot of reasons, in particular, that the need to, to concentrate on practicals and, and the, the projects and so forth, the, the second components, okay? And and if you look at the, there was a timetable released beginning of this week with all the dates, and, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a tight timetable, um, I have to say, if a student had to meet all those deadlines. Uh, and it was about the best use of time. But there was one gaping hole in both his his presentation to, on, on on RTE and also in the article that they didn't didn't bring up the point that actually well you know if you can manage to put on the mocks in such a way that it, it doesn't uh, um, detract from the learning in the classroom uh, if a, and if a student wants to do a mock as preparation as 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 we've already been talking about then then why shouldn't we let them you know if we're talking about student choice you know maybe we should actually give the students an opportunity to be able to go through that process now listen the schools that are doing mocks they're probably doing all sorts of different ways i mean my school is actually doing them in the evening so basically they're every, every day over the next you know 10 days there's 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 a there's a there's a mock going on and then the students if they want to do them they're doing them and uh, so 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 in a sense What's the harm? Like, I'm not going to see the result. I don't want to see the result. I'm going to make sure that you can give me the envelope when it comes back from 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 where whoever's going to mark it. And so it's not it's no skin off my nose. If the student wants to do it, then 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 do it. Um, and it, I I don't know why everyone's getting upset about it in a sense. Like, just just do them if you want to do them. And if you don't want to do them, don't do them. Sandra. See, I just think there was going to be no win like with doing the mocks because like so many schools have normalised that teachers correct the mocks and that was never the original case they were sent out. So teachers are going to be like, hold on a second, have I to prepare the mock number one because one one, one, one person pulled out and the kids are just going to know what's coming up in the paper. There's only one company doing the paper. So is it really a mock? They're going to look at the thing, go in and rejig the paper. So... There's no real value. You would have had to buy in a whole load of teachers to prepare individualized mocks if it was to be any mock in any real sense. Because with one company, every once one school does it, every other kid has access to that paper and knows what's on the paper. And so, therefore, it's a very it's for all the effort that it would take for schools to run it, safety in the pandemic, all of that sort of stuff. It's not even a real mock. It's not going to imitate what's going to happen on the day of the leaving cert. And for a second reason, it's not going to imitate it is we don't even know what the leaving cert looks like. So how can we prepare a mock when we don't know what the leaving cert looks like till March something? So there's all these things. So 
I think if they had said go with a mock, it would have opened up. Oh my God, it would have brought out into the media what you said, Lima, or somebody said earlier on. It would have brought the whole debate back out into the public where kids who do want to do the mock and don't want to do the mock, it would have brought the debate out. Hold on, we don't know what's coming up. We don't know what our choices are. The mock's not the same as it. And then it'd be in the public's eye how much of a disaster that, hold on, do the kids still not know what their leaving cert's going to look like or do the teachers not know what they're going to look like? And then you would have opened that up again. You were never going to get 100% of teachers agreeing to run and facilitate a mock and as I said if it did take place in our school we would have been expected to correct it that has been the norm in our school for a long time and I I it would be 50-50 of teachers who would be okay with doing that and not okay to saying look I need to keep my head down to get them ready for the real thing now because I don't even know what's coming up in the real thing I need to cover the material and taking that classroom time out and we certainly wouldn't have agreed to do the night time you know so I just think it was easier for them to say no mock let nobody in the public eye no, it's a complete disaster mm. and nobody knows what's happening because, you know, a mock can only take place if we know what's happening at the end because that's what a mock is a trial yeah. for what we think is happening. I still think that the changes that are going to be made are going to be minor. And at the end of the day, if a student wants to have that process of, of and, and if they if they want to do the mocks, well, then surely, you know, it's only for their benefit. It has no other, other benefit. So why would they want to go and find out what was what was on the paper from somebody else? Why don't they just ignore all that information might be on the social media and just go in and do the mock? It, may, it means it means nothing except for whatever that student wants out of it. And and I and I totally agree with you. You know, you, you rely upon a school and or a staff being willing to facilitate it in whatever which way it can be organized okay and and certainly for, for the school I'm at you know there's, there's very little hassles they they have they have it very well organized um and, it, and it's and it's not impinging on me whatsoever so like so thank you very much you know it, it's easy enough ironically a student asked me say sir are you stressed about the mocks like I'm not stressed about the mocks at all I just want to make sure the students are, are, are get any opportunities they want they want to get so so if it can be done Without pain, as you say, Sandra, I get I get your point absolutely. But if it, if it can be done, uh, it, it, then 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 just let people off. Liam, what do you think of the marks? I think there's there's going to be outcry on social media um, with with students, with parents, no matter no matter what way this this cookie crumbled. Like if they said right, the leaving starts going ahead, and you're getting predicted grades. A lot of six years we're hearing stories. Oh, well, we're back to school now on the 1st of March. And the first thing we're facing into is mocks. And they were feeling underprepared and overwhelmed. And, and I totally get that. Um, I, as I said earlier on, I don't even like the use of the word mock anymore because it wasn't going to be a mock. As Sandra said, one thing, if you're going to mark your own mocks as a teacher, you need to mark them properly is time. And we used to always put the mocks on the week before the midterm and then you would have some some free time over the midterm to mark them. There's no way that we could take our mocks and mark them now as our as our sixth years are back and our fifth years are back and we're getting back to commuting life and teaching live and then teaching remotely and and all that kind of thing. So but the, the other the, the other side of it is, yeah, like in 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 our school, mocks were kind of a, a big thing, serious thing. Um, you'd have an entire week, um, a, a full week, and maybe a, a day from the previous week devoted to them. And that's an awful lot of time of teaching time to give up. And if you're going to do the mocks, I think they should be done right. I understand where you're coming from, Robin. In, in previous school, we would have had that when the mocks were done in the evening. But I don't think it's 
I don't think it's fair to ask a student to do a full school day and then go in and do a three hour mock and to do that for possibly five days in a row. I think by that Thursday or Friday evening, you're flogging an almost dead horse. And I, I don't think it would be indicative of, of their ability. But as a trial run, maybe fair enough. The other thing I'd say is if we're allowed to do three by one hour assessments, well, you can be sure that an awful lot of teachers are going to take a mock paper, no matter what year it came from, and they're going to chop it up into three. You know, And if you're a language teacher, you might give an oral exam and an oral exam and a comprehension piece and a writing piece. And if I'm teaching chemistry, I might give section A for one hour and half a section B for an hour and the other half a section B for an hour. And because that's the best way to do it in, in reality. Now, we we have now massively moved these to more low stakes exams. That's the way they should be. But like the students are already using the language of the SEC and saying, when are we getting our first exam that's going toward our accredited grade? So it, the language has already moved from predicted grade, from calculated grade to accredited grade, you know? And, and Liam, to me, Liam, to me, to me, that's a long-term thing. That, that's a long-term vision by the department that you know predicted grades you know um calculated grade it doesn't sound like something that's official and concrete whereas an sec accredited grade now sounds like something that they are going to take forward and that this thing is here to stay that that's just my view of the language that they're using i you know, i completely agree but, but like lipstick, formal, yeah. lipstick on a pig it's still a pig you know i don't know 100 <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree yeah, yeah it's no. right it's grand um, and so we move on then, we move on to um, these three assessments uh, and, uh, you know, there is some questions, I suppose, ar around these. You don't, first of all, nobody is under any obligation to give anything um, to any students um, because it does say a, a teacher may give. Now, the other thing is, so a teacher could turn around and say, well, I'm basing my accredited grade off everything I, I've done is from fifth year and sixth year up to date and I'm not doing any more assessments. So a teacher can, by right, they can say that. But I also imagine that the, the student could say, um, I'm stressed now, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this pandemic uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm being deadly serious here now, I'm not slagging in any way, shape or form. The student could say, I'm not, or they could say, I feel unsafe going back to school, so I'm not going back. Um, and I'm just going to take the accredited grade. Now, if, if that student had, let's say, pick a number out of 10 air, they had 65s or 70s in all the results in fifth year and the results in sixth year, and they decided they're not going back. And if they don't turn up for two or three assessments, it's not continuous assessment. So it's not like they can all of a sudden go from being 65 and 70 boom, down to 40 uh, because they missed two tests. They can't because any result on paper for them is in their 60s and 70s. So the I presume the teacher will have to say there are 65, 70 students uh, rather than 40. So, you know, it is very much up in the air. Do they have to go, do students have to go back to school? Do teachers have to give assessments? Uh, you know, you, I've, you know, so yeah, Robert. I suppose it goes back to, and actually this is, this is quite nice to be able to say this, like to the professional judgment of a teacher and knowing their students and the reality is if you have a student who as you say decides for whatever reason or is unable to be present for the the uh, up to three formal assessments 
then you know you only have other data to, 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 to use. But I suppose you know you look at the data you have, you look at the students you have, and you make an informed decision. And you do that for all of your students, and you look at them individually, and you look at them as a class as a whole. And and then obviously as a as a school, if you're in a department, you're going to be looking at the the, the, the whole cohort as well, and you're gonna you're gonna have a sense of 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 where they all are. But at the end of the day, you know there, there's going to be if you have 25 students in the class, you're going to have, to some extent, 25 different scenarios. The difficulty is, is trying to make sure that if you're going to be, if you're going to have a situation where someone's absent uh, for some data that, you know, I mean, I have a student, a few students who might have missed, you know, the odd test here and there. Well, what am I supposed to do for all that previous assessment? If, if, if they weren't there, but the others were, then, you know, who's being disadvantaged? You know, there's, there's always going to be all of the all of the students at some point in time will have been absent. Okay, there'll be the odd one who was there for every single assessment. But you make an informed decision. You're not putting a a, a, a big zero in, in when they weren't didn't turn up to, to drag down the, the average. You take the data that you have and you make an appropriate decision on the basis of the data you have. Some students are going to have more data. Some students are just going to have less. And this is where I agree with Sandra that you know you have to wonder what on earth am I going to do because it's it, it's it's going to be for all the for all the situation last year we all had a plenty of information and we were able to make what we probably would all be able to say was was a fairly good uh, estimate of 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 where they at you know we can be criticised by the head of the CEO for, uh, as he has done for last month saying that we over assessed them and everyone got uh, on average 15% extra than they should have done and and, and how on earth could have the, the class of 2020 been so incredibly bright um, he has an article in the Irish Times today it's well worth reading but I mean the, the, the point is that you know we're going to have to in a sense make this up as we go along far more than we did last year and it, it is going to be an inexact science and as a math teacher i can't bear the thought of an inexact science and, and, and it just it, it just sends a chill down my, my spine but i mean we're just going to have to do the best we can and it's going to be inaccurate yeah but it's 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 funny robert like you mentioned you mentioned that that phrase that that should be the most important phrase which is professional judgment and you know from my perspective last year um that was I, you know, I, I would have said my professional judgment was was just cast out the window. Um, we were not in any way, shape or form told to use averages. We were told to look at where the students were last year in March when when we went into lockdown and to try and project where they would have been in June had the situation, the circumstances been normal. We did that. And yet, Certainly in my in my situation, there was there was an awful lot of, in my opinion, unfair downgrading that went on. Um, and I said in the last time I was on this podcast, I said predicted grades were for, for that reason. It was it was nothing I, I wanted to be involved with uh, ever again. Unfortunately, I, I now have to be involved with it again. But because of that, the advice in our school and the advice to my students is take both, take both and see how you get on. Well, I see a sen- sorry, Liam. Yeah, I see a scenario where the if we take the if we recall in the last podcast we mentioned and it's been mentioned several times that when we were told to for want of a better phrase destroy all the evidence you made your professional decision you made your professional decision and then they came out the next week and said no we never said that even when we said that we never said that and especially when we said that we never said that these are not the droids you're looking for exactly yeah so you have a so the concern you would have is that this year is the guidance going to be well, just keep those three and then see what you go with on your accredited grade. Also, I would say that, as Rob made a fair point, 
accredited grade, or you made the point, Andrew, sounds very formal and sounds very exam-y and sounds like something that they want to use for a long time rather than a predicted grade. But if I just want to clarify on the point for Liam, uh, is that I think the court cases that have just been concluded, I think they're going to fall back on them for what any questions we ask this time round would say, well, hang on a second. These uh, students have been downgraded. Why have they been downgraded? And they're just going to say, I refer you to the judgment of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So that I think they found, they found a way, which maybe goes to your point, Andrew, of getting what they want, which is we can now force teachers to do more of their own official correcting. We now have a situation where we have court cases that say students can't really ask any proper questions mm. uh, when they're being treated unfairly by the system and we can get what we want, which goes back to while saying it's the professional judgment of the teacher, immediately undermining that professional judgment mm. all in one go. So I think that's probably the accredited grades is one of the main reasons why I think we've come out with the worst of all possible situations that we're not going to be able we there might be some individual students who it will benefit, but in terms of the overall fairness of the system itself, I think it's totally undermined by that. And the court cases have proven it. The assessments you can do, but don't have to do. The, um, the data you can use, but don't have to use. There's so many gray areas in it that it's either wide open to abuse or it doesn't give the teacher the support that the teacher might need, even if they were willing to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's also, what also has been used as well as, is the junior cycle result um, for this accredited Absolutely grade. Absolutely nonsense. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, did, I, I did terrible in my junior cert because all I wanted to do was play sport. In fact, I did terrible in my leaving cert. And then, you're so old, Andrew. Was there a junior cert when you did it? There was, actually. I, I think it was the first or second year. Uh, wasn't a group or an intercert, no? Yeah, no, it wasn't, no. But, and then I even, even in the leaving cert, it wasn't until I decided, I decided I need to get my act together. And I went back and repeated it. And I got very good results when I did my leaving cert properly the second time around. So you can imagine some students um who who would be in the same boat you know it's a junior cert you know and, and probably been told by their parents and by friends that's only the junior cert don't worry about it didn't do much and now they said right now i'm in fifth year and i better get my act together and in sixth year i better do something and they started working which a lot of students do and can get very good results in the leaving cert now that could be all dragged back down by the junior circle results um uh, now so it's, it's a completely unfair system for them of course the minister, for her part, and the department is going to argue, well, if that's the case, then just do the exam. That's that's what they're going to say. But, I mean, I want to, I want to go back as well. Another thing that, that sticks out to me about these three uh, assessments, and we were told that, you know, no teacher is, you know, you ha no teacher has to give these. You, you can you can just take it as is. But, you know, in reality, that's not the case because it goes back to this new, the advance in school autonomy is what they keep pushing and they keep using the word autonomy as if it's some kind of a, a, a great thing for schools to be able to decide. But really what autonomy means is, is your school uh, versus my school. And that's really what autonomy means. It's, you know, it's, it's schools playing off each other in kind of a business model. And this is what they're offering. That's what they're offering. Uh, and so in reality, if I decided in, let's say I was teaching geography, which I don't, but let's say I was, and I decided I'm doing no assessments. Uh, um, I'm just going to base uh, because I don't think it's fair to do assessments because I think the lads are under a lot of pressure because of COVID and they may have family members sick and blah blah. So I'm not going to do any assessments. I'm just going to take the 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 stuff that I did with them in fifth year and the beginning of this year, and I'm going to give them result based on that. 
But then, of course, the school across the road and the geography teacher over there is giving them three assessments. Now it comes back, oh, well, that teacher is giving them the opportunity to improve their result and improve their grade by giving them extra assessments and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, you know, so it's really not, uh, it's, you know, it just becomes pressure on everybody, pressure on the students to do well in those kind of assessments, pressure on the teachers to give those assessments, pressure on the teacher to give good results in those assessments, if they're from a small town, if they know the people in their classroom, etc. and so on. So last year, at least we didn't have to go back into the classroom and sit down with the students who we were going to be assessing. At least it was just, we had their data, they had left and now we were going to give them a result. Uh, not that that was ideal either, but now we're back in the classroom sitting down with assessments yet to set for those students, yet to correct for those students. It doesn't take a genius to work out what can go wrong there. Sandra, you're looking to come in. Yeah, so like, I, I basically, I'm just looking at this, right, from like my union hat's on one side and then my other hat's on the other side as like, what's better? As a socialist, like, why should I be a guinea pig for this government and for them denying one, one in three students access to university? So for me, I really am going to try my hardest to encourage the students not to do another assessment. No, I've been, I've been monitoring you. I've taught you for two years. I'm in a lucky position. Some people have only taught people for four months and stuff of people are out maternity or anything like that. Like there's crazy scenarios out there. So I'm going to encourage all my kids not to do any further test. And I'm not going to go into a normal course I'm going to look at my kids and say, are they able for college? And every one of them are. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to mark them in such a way. And as you said, we, and this is the thing that I think teachers should take on their hat now and say, take off a union hat and write, we've lost the thing that we know we shouldn't be judging jury, but they've made us judging jury. So let them hold the responsibility. Oh, we've overinflated. No, we know your system is rigged against a lot of students. Rigged, the system's rigged to keep a large percentage of people out of toward level education. And you've put the ball back in air court. So here's the ball. My kids are going to get decimal points so close to each other. And if they're getting the C, they're getting the C at the top end so they won't be downgraded as much as possible. And I won't play their game. My Any student in front of me is going to get the maximum mark I can give them for what I really, really truly believe there to their capabilities. Why should I fit something into a normal curve that that's what I'm against? Right? I didn't win open access. But by God, my kids will get the best grades they're entitled to. And I think every teacher should take that approach because I don't think we should be and I'm a math teacher as well, Rob. And I, I'm not getting I'm not getting myself stressed out about system athletes and this. I'm going to say, what's the first system that should exist in society? The maximum amount of my kids should be getting into college and the government can sort the rest out. And it will inflate grades, but let them deal with the problem. Do you know what I mean? And I don't I don't feel teachers have been made a scapegoat in all of this. And I think if we enough of us do something like that, well then the question might be put forward again. Well, why if these kids are so capable, are we are we why are people with so many such high points being deemed not accessible to a course? And I think that's what we really, really should be pushing towards. Uh, no, the majority of people wouldn't understand a normal core, but we know that they need so many Bs, Cs, Ds. But I'm like, I'm not playing that game. And I don't know what the consequences link, because you said it. I didn't have six years last year. Mm. So I don't know what pressure you're called in or you're put under or whatever. Anecdotally, I do a bit. But No, but, but like, look, I think... In terms of professional judgment, you know, it was my experience last year that, you know, my, my professional judgment within my own school environment was was just respected. There was no situation. You, you, you had to give a list from one to whatever number of students in the class. You were not expected to do a curve within your small sample space of 24 or 22 students. So I wouldn't worry about something like a normal curve. Um, but just go back to Andrew's point for a second, like... Uh, it, 
in our school, it's practice for every single student to do TY. So our students have a three-year senior cycle. And as you said correctly, the vast majority of our students would massively overperform in their leaving cert compared to their junior cert. And our students were not afforded that opportunity because their junior cycle scores counted for far more than they ever thought they would. Like if you would be, if they had been told three years ago, you know, Mystic Meg Crystal Ball stuff, your junior cert is really going to matter, they would have done more work. Mm-hmm. But the junior cert was always seen as a trial for the leaving cert, mm-hmm. never seen as a high stakes exam. And students who do TY suffered in the class of 2020. Mm-hmm. Robert, I want to bring you in there. Um, then I'm going to go on to this, talk about this ranking that Sandra's kind of after raising there. On, well, Robert. I was actually going to pick up on the ranking bit myself because I, mean, I have to say, just so you asked right at the beginning, you know, what do we actually think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had sort of two red, let, red letter lines, uh, to be honest with you, this whole thing. And one was the ranking. I was not prepared to uh, have to um, accept scenario where the students would be told you are 16th out of 16 or what, or what have you, or 30 out of 30. So that in a sense is not gonna happen because it's not gonna make the data. They're not, they're not gonna say that where they are on the list. So they're not gonna get the rank. That's, how, that's my understanding of it. So I'm happy with that. Um, uh, the, the, the other thing is, is what we were talking about earlier on, which, which was about making sure that the, the new exams are going to have a, a further modification. But my, my biggest concern um, with, with, with all of this is, in a sense, is picking up on what Sandra was saying, was about, in a sense, the normal curve, the, the idea of fitting them into distribution. And, and there's two issues here. One, um, uh, which is the whole issue of how they're going to compare the exam results with the with the, uh, the the accredited grades, you know, if you have students who are doing the exams or only doing the exams, where how is it gonna how is it gonna play? How is it gonna uh, marry itself up? I mean, I think realistically, no no pupil should do exams only. I mean, everyone should opt for for all of them, or both of them, or if they don't want to do the exams, okay, just do the accredited grade. But absolutely, no one should go for for exams only because I'm very concerned about how the two distributions are going to marry up because the simple reality is that the students who are going to be doing the, the examinations are generally speaking going to be uh, there's going to be a sort of skew shall we say okay it's going to be skewed towards the the, the higher achievers the more academic students generally speaking okay um, I don't want to cast any uh, 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 aspersions there but that's that's that seems to be how it's going to work certainly from my, my my very anecdotal experience from my own class and, and so you, you're going to have a complete skew in the data for, for the ones who actually sit in the exam. Uh, and so how on earth are they going to be able to actually, in a sense, do that process where they massage the mark schemes in order to make sure they get their, their curve? Because they don't even know what sort of curve they should have. And then, and then you've got to compare that with, with the credit grades. And then in addition to that, you, we, we have Sandra, I, I, you know, absolutely Sandra, you know, <laughs> in a sense, I'm not disagreeing with you anyway, what's in the shape of form what you've just said, but, this, the, but the reality is, is you're going to have a, a, a mixture of um, approaches, shall we say, from teachers, and, and, and you are going to uh, realistically going to have huge inflation uh, across the board or in large pockets of, 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 of the results. <laughs> and 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 how on earth is 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 that going to be uh, distributed? And I was thinking about this. You know, I've always been able to say to my students, right? You know, the competition is not in the room. Okay, the competition is elsewhere. 
Okay, you just have to do your best. Do not worry about who else is around you. It is not a race to be uh, top. It's not, you know, you're just, everyone supports each other. You've got to put, do your best. The competition is elsewhere. Just, just make sure that you, you get that, that college place rather than somebody else in the school next door sort of idea. Uh, uh, and and in, in terms of playing the system as it is. And, and, and now we actually have a situation where with these um, sort of assessments that, to, that we're, we're going to be doing, we've actually got a situation where to some extent in within the class, if the, if the students were to think about this, they're actually compete, competing against each other because no one wants to be down the bottom of the list because they're the ones who are going to get themselves downgraded. OK, so they want to make sure they get a better grade than their neighbour uh, and, 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 and be further up the, the class class list whether it's ranked or not they're still somewhere on a list because they've got a percentage grade and, and they're and they're ordered so you can you, you the dynamic in the classroom actually changes and and i know i'm going to be really careful with these um these uh, formal assessments in terms of how i how i how i perform them how uh, i you know in the past you know you you, you sort of let people off and, and and you could even consider if they're doing a class test you give them an extra five minutes so what but then you're going to have a situation where, hang on, don't give her an extra five minutes because she's going to have more opportunity to get more marks. And then she might bump me on the on the ranking list. And it might be me who gets downgraded because you've over, overplayed the grades as opposed to as opposed to, 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 to her. So you have all these sorts of dynamics going on. Yeah. And it's, it's a complete maelstrom. Uh, all the different unintended consequences <clears throat> yeah. and the behaviours and the gamemanship in terms of the, the game theory that's done to try and work out how to play this game because there was always it was always a game the, the leaving certificate and ceo was has always been a game but all of a sudden it has been just multiplied it's, it's like exponentially got in, got far far greater all the different indicators and 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 I, I just have to say i'm very worried about the sort of the data that's kind of come out collectively from us and, all and, and, rob, and how good it's going to be rob i fully i fully agree and and Sandra, I, I really see where you're coming from and, and I, I understand the approach, but I can't see that approach working for the simple reason that if you said that you had 20 students in a class and you strung them all across the, you know, the 68th percentile going from 68.97 down to 68.13, the very fact that you would have all 20 going from one down to the other, they would take that as a rank even though we don't have to put a number of one or two or seven or 12 beside them the fact that we are not allowed to have two students on the exact same percentage to within two decimal points they can take your list and use it as a rank even though we won't have our rankings given you know in public this time so i completely understand your approach but the boffins in the SEC and their their number crunchers would would take that data and manipulate it. And I I understand where you're coming from as well, saying like, okay, if a kid is a is a H five, I'm going to give him fifty nine point nine five. But I've from last year, I've seen a student go from eighty two um down to you know a H two down to a H four. So so I wouldn't be underestimating what what the SEC can do with numbers. Yeah, go on, Tony. Yeah. I look in the commander. Well, I think yeah, I was um let's say um. When we're talking about whether they take an accredited grade or they do the exam or both or whatever way you might do it, that from my reading of the guidelines regarding illness or anything like that, as teachers, we're going to have to provide the SEC with an accredited grade for everybody anyway. Correct? Just on the first thing. Yeah. So once we do that, we're going to, um, we're already into playing the game, so to speak, Sandra, that we have to play. And I would say that 
this is where I think the union needs to be strong in terms of demanding clearer guidance from the department, because if we're all going to play a slightly different version of the game, and we're going to say, I look, as Sandra was saying, I'm not going to play this game, but by saying you're not going to play that game, Sandra, you're automatically playing another game, you know, yeah. which is, yeah, and that's, so you've already bought into the game, so to speak, you're just going to try and play it to your advantage. Yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way. No, I know that, know, but I... I mean that we're all going to play a particular game, but if we all have to give a grade anyway, that's... I think the kid, the students who do say, I want the accredited grade. If we just had a finite list of those kids who are getting an accredited grade, that would affect the results we give those smaller number of students automatically, rather than doing the full class, which we're going to have to do the full class, obviously, in case there are pupils who are sick on exam day, because then they fall back onto their accredited grade. So no matter what way we play it, we're going to have to play the game, so to speak, as Rob was saying that the game theory that comes into it. But I think the union need to insist the department start to clarify these things because I think but between, I, the, between the four of us here, we might all, or five of us here, we might all be in agreement. But I think the main thing we're agreeing on is that this is wide open to multiple levels of abuse and multiple tactical approaches and multiple different pressures on teachers and students and the department. So I think these extra layers of confusion, somebody needs to clarify them so that we get some fairness back into the system rather than... But, but Tony, I don't want... I There's nothing the union can do for me now. Absolutely nothing. Because I do not want to be judge and juror. And I don't care what they give now because the problem with me is one in three people don't get places. And in my school, typically the way it always works out is nine out of ten don't. So I don't want to be part of that system. And the point is... That you are. I, I, there's nothing the union can do for me now because I'm judging juror. So I will now, as you said, play a game. And I love game theory, by the way. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> you know what? For the first time in history, the ball might have been put in the hands of the teachers in the working class areas to say, do you know what? Sick of it. Sick of everything being stacked against the kids I teach for years. Do you know what? Have your little predicted grades. Here you go. Do your best with your curve because I'm going to do the best by my students because you didn't give them open access. And I am part of a game. I don't want to be part of a game that they, they, um, that they build up to make it better for them because that's the only thing that will it'll bring in a more streamlined version of it. That streamlined version doesn't work for working class areas and hasn't done because the social and economic issues are stacked against them and the social capital from the word go, which is why the only way to give true opportunity to kids from our area is open access. So the best thing I can say is to myself is we know that kids from our, I don't know if any rest is teaching in disadvantaged areas and like that, but they buy and sell you a cup on. And do you know what I mean? If they get into their niche, and, and this is why somebody said, I'm not fully sold in open access and the, the HPAT. For a second, you probably don't know how sexist the HPAT is. It's statistically shown that women don't do well in geometry and stuff like that and they're much better at algebra and calculus and there's a shitload of geometry on that exam of the HPAT and and so therefore as well a lot of women that's rigged against them and different types of exams statistically are rigged against different people in society um, but the point is yeah there's nothing the union can do now that they allowed allowed the government to make teachers judge and jurors in a rigged system that you already said Rob the system is the, is the point system it's a game and um, now they made teachers part of that game which we weren't before you know, we were able to be advocates and voices for our students and now we're the judge and jurors. So I'm like, well, if I'm the judge or juror, I'm going to be the best one they have in the room because the, the game is rigged against them. And it might, and it won't compare like, like, but that's a system that they're at the setting up. But in the long haul, what you're saying, Tony, they will do. 
they will do it that's streamlined and it's better and just I'll leave on this point is that they've sold us pups in the past they sold a pup like with the Irish do you know what bring in oral Irish bring it in it's amazing teachers will be able to talk more in their classrooms they'll be able to kids will be fluent you know and I think it's 40% in the Irish or oral is 40% and that means Gwail talk the only way that you pick up that is the rich our kids don't get to go to the Gwail talk do you know and it was sold what teachers going into a classroom dash 30, 30 kids in a classroom saying do you know what would be great today if all the kids talk over each other it doesn't happen like smaller classroom sizes anything like that you want to have a real sense and then the sack same with the Spanish and the music sorry the music was the biggie 50% of your mark has got through music and um, private music lessons like it, it sounds great in theory do you know what we'll give 50% over to the practical but tell me what kids are doing private violin piano lessons and the whole lot from the area, area that I'm working in none so they sell these things out great and that's what they'll do with the new leave insert and it won't it'll be rigged against again but right now for the first time teachers at their judge and jury so I'll be their best judge and jury and I know I'm part I'm not being catapulted into this game unfortunately yeah, but Sandra I don't think you're alone there I don't think I mean Liam said it the last day as well and I certainly know I don't have six years to correct but there is, an, there is a subconscious bias there in teachers too, that they do, they want the best for their students. Uh, notwithstanding everything the media was saying in the last few weeks and the last few months about us, you know, you know, going against the students, it was pitted as if it was the ISSU, the students versus the teachers and, and this kind of malarkey, which couldn't be further from the truth. But what, what we're not, we're not saying like, oh, we're going to give everybody a H1, right? But what you're saying is absolutely if you know the capabilities of the students, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and you're going to give them the higher end of the, the mark. And that's, I think that's, any teacher would do that. That's, we know them. We personally know the students. We see them, we see them more than anybody bar their parents, I would say. And so we're going to give them um, the benefit of the doubt, um, but do it professionally, of course. But um, I want to go, and, and, and by the way, a lot of the stuff you're raising there, Sandra, is definitely something that we're going to have another podcast on and that would it would be along the lines of is the leave insert fit for purpose uh, but i want to go back to the, the ranking uh, just to finish up on that point to, to finish up on the ranking um, and it's very interesting i've been to a lot of union meetings on zoom and, I, and i've been to some executive meetings and, and you know rob that's the first time that i heard it put like that and uh, it was that students in the classroom now pitting against each other, you know, uh, in terms of the grade that they were going to get in the result. Because, yes, the ranking is gone. So technically, I suppose the students can't be given, like last year, you could, they could see the rank because a teacher had put a figure in a box. And under GDPR, they're entitled to see the figure that's in the box that somebody had given them. So, that, you know, they could see the ranking. Now, this year, there's no necessity for a teacher to put a ranking or to put a figure in a box. But we all know you can't give them the same percentage. Uh, no two students give them the same percentage. So anybody knows who, who deals with Excel, now it's probably not Excel the department they're using. It's probably something a bit more advanced than that, or maybe it is Excel, I don't know. But anybody knows, you know, you put in the percentages and then you press a, a, a button and boom, all of a sudden the ranking is, is there because they need a figure. They need a one to two, a three or four, all the way up to 30 or however many is in the class. They need that figure for their logarithm to work. Their logarithm doesn't work unless that figure is there. So ultimately, it is a ranking system. Now, they won't get to see, I suppose, if I gave somebody 6, 7, 2, 1, 15. They, they won't get to see that because I didn't physically put that figure there. But Rob raised an interesting point. 
what data are they going to see? So will they be entitled to see the whole workings of the algorithm? Um, probably, I don't know. Under GDPR, if there's a figure stored somewhere, somewhere about them, they are entitled to see it. So even if... What came out in the court case, Andrew, in the... Uh, um, I don't think anybody was, knows the details the, of those court cases. Because yeah. the discovery in the court case would have been what access did the students have or not have to mm. whatever, wherever uh, they were in the rank. The, the average student, I mean, notwithstanding the 50 or 100 students that have taken court cases as such, I mean, generally speaking, you know, the students are going to get, uh, my, under, my understanding, and I might be wrong, but my understanding is they're going to get, they're going to get a set of numbers that gives them their, their grades for the purpose of CAO uh, in terms of, you know, percentage or, or, a, or a grade, you know, H1, O2 and so forth. But then at some point in time, they will get shown the other number that they didn't get. OK, so they will get to see, in a sense, the, the, the both the exam and the British grade. So they'll see they'll see the comparison of what their teacher gave and what they earned in, in an exam if they choose to do the exam. It's just there won't be any other data. That's that's all there's going to be. If they're doing seven subjects, mm -hmm. there's going to be up to up to 14 numbers between seven and 14 numbers, depending upon, you know, obviously what exams, what subjects are doing and so forth. You know, and that and that's what they're going to get they won't they won't know what anyone else got unless they sit around and have a cup of coffee and talk about you know and share and share data like you know. so but 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 i mean in terms it was just an abhorrent sort of thing to overtly overtly rank them at such the way that they were going to get told that they were how they're ranked and and that and that was that was the just on a on a sort of philosophical level, you know, that was just a step too far in my opinion. It's a minor thing, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a little thing, but it, it, it's, it's still important. Uh, I mean, I know you, you, the algorithm is going to have to work and they're going to have to shove the numbers through the algorithm and, and who knows what's going to happen when it comes out the other end, okay? But, but, but at the end of the day, the student will just get what we gave them um, after the SEC have got their grubby hands on it, okay? Not before. I don't think, I don't know whether they're going to get our original grade or not. They're only going to get one well, after the algorithm's gone through. I mean, that's an interesting point, actually. Will they at some point in time be able to go back and find out what they got from us? They probably will, maybe. They, maybe they'll get up to three sets of, of, of numbers. Oh, Lord, this is just frying my head. I think, no, I think I th it's I, mad I, they dropped two grades, you know? I think that's mental that you could yeah. actually move somebody to two grades. It's just like, Mm. Like how and where would that stand in a court case if they found it and and on what grounds did he do that? And then somebody raised it earlier as well. I'm just wondering on that question. Like somebody said for me, I just what I find fascinating is I went back, right? And I asked all my students and uh sure I like what are you doing? And I'm not lying, I hundred to ninety-nine percent of them, I can't remember who said they weren't, if anyone did, every one of them said they're doing both. Because you said earlier, Rob, um you think and I you think they'll do um the academic will do it and that might as it gets closer and the pressure of three hours exams it might that might be different but as we stand now they're all very logical they're all going sure why wouldn't i i'll just pick the best of them mm. you know that kind of way and i'm like yeah yeah it's that easy reports i'm hearing are, are very similar that like, yeah. most schools that a lot of the students are choosing to do both. I mean, so why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? So why wouldn't you? But as, as a matter of interest, is there a, a commercial, as a, a financial difference between whether you sit the exam or not sit the exam? Does, does a student have to pay more to be able to sit the exam compared to just getting a getting a, 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 a credit grade? No, they wouldn't have introduced that in. 
they've enough controversy but my point is I'm wondering right somebody will get screwed somewhere somebody uh, what I'm wondering about this is right so this was corn in my head last year right um, Kieran Christie hit the nail on the head and I think it's all linked in with whatever our kids are thinking I'll go in anyway you know a la carte taught up my best points out me 14 marks 14 different results there right and why wouldn't you as you said but Kieran Christie hit the nail on the head and I that's why I have a lot of fear we're sitting around we're doing all this thinking right it's like they never prepared they haven't prepared to have the exams right on that level Last year, they were able to do it because 300 kids or something did it. And maybe I'm wrong, but we know tiny minority so they could facilitate a leaving set going ahead. Now, if this is to play out the way the kids are saying it's playing out, that all of them will go in and sit and pick the best of them. Well, I think the government's going to pull the plug on it because I don't think they would need double the amount of centres to keep it safe, mm. double the amount of examiners. Are they going to put the green jersey on and tell us all after this? that we just have to go in and do it. So is it going to be pulled on a health and safety ground and it's just going to be predicted grades? Is it pretense that we vote to keep the union sweet because we always knew they prepared for nothing? I just think they always wanted to calculate grades. They yeah. always wanted to predict the grades. And at the end of the day, the plug will be pulled and they'll be told you can do it in November like last year because it won't get affected the college course. The kids would have to hang out. You know, your CEO is going to go on your predicted grades, so whatever. So in my head, I'm like, if our kids, if the numbers stay low, the government's a little bit screwed because I don't think they have anything in place. And if anybody knows that, and do they have examiners in place? Yeah, they they don't. Now, they have, on, the, on the guidance they that we got out, wasn't it, Andrew, that they hadn't hired anybody, but they no, were. They're, they're, normally, they're all normally hired at this stage. And normally, yeah, all yeah. the process is gone through. Can, can, can I come in on that for, yeah, on, for yeah, a yeah. second? Like, um, if... If again, you know, we 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 take Sandra's point as, as as bang on, like you know, so there's no junior cycle, so so you should be able to say that there's just double the normal of examiners available for leaving cert if the junior cycle superintendents became leaving cert attendants. I had a look at the the room specs, and if you have a standard classroom for the leaving cert exam, they're saying that there needs to be a two meter social distance, yeah. which is obviously double the one meter that they they think is perfectly safe right now. Mm-hmm. which is which is kind of seven or something their target per room name i remember reading it yeah it's 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 about here. seven it's it, i think it's nine per room plus right. plus the superintendent, superintendent so, yeah. so you're looking at um two two to two and a half times the number of superintendents that would normally be in a school when the leaving cert and the junior cert uh, were running um a couple of friends of mine who are language teachers today got letters from um the sec asking them if they were interested in being appointed as um, oral examiners of the recordings of the orals mm-hmm. and that work was to be undertaken in the evenings and during weekends during term time but they couldn't give them any rates of uh, pay yeah. uh, at the moment mm-hmm. and it's going to be really really interesting to see and again it takes Andrew's point are we going to be asked to put on the green jersey and all this I do feel that if they're not paying for the subs of oral examiners and if they're not paying for subsistence and travel expenses because the training will be done virtually Mm. they should have a lot of money to throw at the problem of paying teachers an appropriate and commensurate amount of 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 money for their time particularly if you have to go in and and teach a full day and then go home and listen to recordings in in the evenings and at the weekends and 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 so on but 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 another thing i heard at meetings uh, in specific specifically in what you're talking about is it, there's a new dynamic in the room and it's obviously COVID, right? Uh, and a, a lot of people who would normally be supervisors are like, oh, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting myself at risk. I'm not doing that. And somebody else raised the point that 
a, a good few of the um, supervisors for the leaving cert and the exams are actually retired teachers um, because they can't, they can't fill the slots. So now those people are high risk. So they're going, well, I'm not going near that because I'm in the high risk category. There's no chance I'm going near that. So Sandra, I think, like, and I've said it, I've taught it myself in the past and I think you've hit the nail on the head. I, I genuinely, I do have serious questions as to whether they want or they envision this leaving cert going ahead at all. But as we said back in February about what we wanted to happen, if they can do the leaving cert this year, if the uh, students are all doing both, it just shows that we could have done it last year anyway. And there was, there's a, and that may be a fear that they don't want to have that situation that they can actually, that the department and the SEC and teachers and students, that we all show that we can act, we're more than capable of carrying on about our business and doing our jobs. And I, I'm not going tinfoil hatty, which or anything like that. I feel that may not serve a lot of people's uh, interest no. if we all prove ourselves capable of having been able to do it all along. No, but look, the more I follow the signs, I'm a zero COVID. So I just don't believe we could have done it last year. And I don't believe we should be doing it this year. There's an outbreak and you're in a centre and it was risk for some leaving search for some fake point system that we know is just to win and to slot so many people into a college place, not even everybody into a college place. So... That idea that my life would be risk and I live with somebody who's high risk and I'm not the only one, Like, but there's so many of us in that situation that we'd be all risked for some pretend, like, you know, race competition, as you said, the game, the point system. I suppose, can I, can I bring it back round, to, in a sense, full circle, to use a different uh, uh, mathematical geometry uh, phrase, like bring us in back to the whole issue of uh, open access. And, and I mean, to pick up the point uh, that uh, Sandra and Liam have been talking about regarding underinvestment, you know, the tail wags the dog. And the reason why Sandra was saying, uh, you know, what, the reason why we are where we are is because they they need to create the sorting hat. OK, they need the sorting hat hat to work because they can't let everyone into college. They can't let everyone go, go, go over. So, so and that's because of underinvestment in, in, in education and all the rest of it. And, and that's and that, in a sense, is why we're, we've been, you know, the, 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 the system needs the the exam and the and the uh, the accredited grades to 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 work now you know the students might be might have been being stressed out about you know or worrying about getting having to do mocks and mocks were coming close and so we cancelled the mocks okay and 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 then we also said well, okay they're also stressed about doing doing the doing the exam so okay well, we we give them accredited grades as well and and then of course we we bring in these these three formal assessments and that creates other stresses now and, and students now worrying about that and you know but the biggest stress not being funny but the biggest stress in the in within the context of 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 the the, the sixth years is the CEO and and in terms of what's coming down the track this summer and I and, and I just want to you I want I just want to take take opportunity of listing it, a lot of it's been actually sort of talked about in the in the in the media in the last couple of days and but uh, Paula Doherty that the CEO chair sort of raised it about a month ago and and it's worth sort of just 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 putting it up there for record I suppose for anyone who's listening I mean we've got a situation where it's it's up about ten percent on on it on previous years over six six and a half thousand extra applicants. And then if you actually look down why, why this is the case, you, okay, so you've got, you've got the 600 people that did the, there's 2,000 people did the exams in November, of which 600 of them 
got re-engineered deferred you know offers and they're, they're deferred so there's 600 straight away that's not even part of the six and a half thousand okay so straight away 600 places are taken by the people who who did the november exams and got a got a new course to go by you then got a situation where there's 2,000 more students okay in the system so there's just 2,000 more irish students uh, who, who are coming up this year to, to, to do their 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 um their leaving certificate you then got brexit Okay, you've got Brexit. So, so because the UK have, have, have left the EU, you've got a whole bunch of students who would have normally have gone to the UK and, and, and from Irish students, and now they're not going to. So, so there's a whole group of those students who now who aren't going to go to the UK and therefore are likely to stay, stay in Ireland. You then also got all of the EU students in the continent who would have normally gone to the UK and now are going to come to 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 to, um, to Ireland, and that works out about three thousand students, are, are basically because of because of Brexit. You then got because of COVID, you've got people who are who are being furloughed, being made redundant, who are on the PUP and looking at maybe changing their their jobs. So you've got an increase in mature students. So there's a twenty percent increase in mature students. That's another uh, uh, one and a half thousand students. You know, and, 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 and all of this is mounted up to, to having an absolute uh, nightmare in terms of CO points. In terms of the actual, I mean, we can talk about the, the grades being inflated. By golly, the, the, the CO offers are going to go through the roof. And, uh, and, and there's going to be an awful lot of people who are going to look at what, what they need to get, or what they ended up having to get this year to get into medicine or to law or to accountancy or, or, or whatever it is that they're wanting to do. And if they looked at two years ago to what, that, what someone two years ago had to, had to get in order to get to that same course, and, and there's going to be some holy carry on in, in August when all this comes out uh, and, the, and, the, and the results are, are published. I mean, I could, I could give you more data on this. It, it's it, it's, it's going to be significant. And at the end of the day, you know, you've got uh, Mr. Harris on the, on, on, the, on the radio talking about an extra 4,000 whatever extra spaces, you know, but are they actually going to be where they want to, where they need to be? Are they going to be in the courses that people actually want to take? You know, there's a huge issue of capacity in terms of labs and placements and so forth. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to create all sorts of problems. And then if you add into that, the huge, the bottom has fallen out of in, the international students, i.e. non-EU, coming over to, to, the, to these shores. There's a huge bottom, bottom, bottom going out there. So all that funding that we've relied upon from international students, that's also gone. So, so whilst they might free up some spaces for the students, they'll, they'll, there won't be any money to pay to, to, to pay for, for the, the lectures and, and the lecture halls. Um, and I, I just I just I'm just flagging it up that um, I, I if, if, if I was going to be stressed as a sixth year student about anything, I'd be stressed about the CEO offers. And that's and that's and I sincerely hope there's not a student listening to this podcast because they're going to go away worried now. Well, it's in the it's in the news. It's in RT there today, and and, and the Irish Times as well um, about the CEO offers and the points go, all going way up. Um, but you see, the biggest lo- one of the biggest losers is, is secondary school teaching. That the the applications for secondary school teachers is way down uh, from other years. It's 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 ironic, I suppose. The does word. strange things, Andrew. Um, yeah, look, um, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, uh, you know, I think if anybody listening to this would clearly see there's huge issues. Um, and for me, I suppose 
the union has been battered, um, for want of a better word, over the last few weeks, as we always are every time we decide to do any type of industrial action to stand up for uh, teachers' um, rights, I suppose. And, and, and again, that's the job of the union. That's why they're there. Uh, so the union has been battered, and I suppose that's why we you had a lot of people saying that we should we should resist this, and we you know, uh, but the feeling in union meetings was that it just wasn't there. That teachers had felt that a train had just ran over them over the last few weeks, you know, and that uh, it was just it was just look, this is just the way it is now. Um, and uh, well, look, I think we have a big job, and those of us who are in the union, we have a big job to try and pick ourselves back up after this, you know, and and certainly for me anyway. Um, next year, this this can't it can't be the same scenario again. I am very worried at the fact that they have changed the the name of, from calculated grades, etc. I already mentioned that that they've changed it now to SEC accredited grades. To me, that's a more permanent thing. Um, I'm very worried as well about they're not really not really gathering enough superintendents or putting the effort into making sure they have enough um, superintendents and so on. So, and a lot of the stuff that Sandra was saying earlier on about is this exam going to go ahead is really ringing in, in my ears as well. So I am very worried for next year that it seems to me uh, like Naomi Klein's uh, novel, you know, the shock doctrine and, and as Robert, you said in the past as well, you know, never, never, never waste a good crisis. It seems to me that if you look at anything the government has been pursuing over the last seven, eight, nine years in terms of the leaving cert and the junior cycle and the direction they want to take education, it seems that they've just used this crisis now to press the fast forward button on six or seven years. And we have got to now in the trade union movement pick ourselves up and say that, you know, next year there is no way this is happening. Uh, we're not allowing this... Uh, teachers uh, predicting or whatever you want to call it uh, calculating a student's grade and predicting what they're going to get in an exam we can't allow this to become a permanent fixture um, in education in Ireland um, because that's not what we do that's not what teachers signed up to do it changes the dynamic completely between teacher and student it completely changes the relationship and it's completely unfair um, so we can't allow this to become a permanent fixture and we need to start saying that now um, we need to start saying that's fine, we've done it the last two years because of COVID, um, but next year we will not be assessing our own students for any purposes uh, of towards a high stakes exam system. If you want to, um, if you want us assessing your own students, then you're going to have to remove that whole CAO point high stakes system and then we can sit around the table and discuss um, some type of terminal end of secondary school exam, if that point system is removed and um, the high stake system but um yeah that's a that's another podcast but look um thanks very much uh, sandra tony liam and robert uh, again for coming on the show and giving us your opinions and thoughts on on all the various topics and i'm sure we'll be talking to you in podcasts to come so thank you once again enjoyed the show please do subscribe it's available on apple it's available on spotify and all the usual places that you get your podcasts um, and if you would like to come on the show or would like to suggest topics that we discuss please do email us at insiderschoolspodcast at gmail.com or you can contact us on twitter uh, at schools inside or on facebook uh, insider schools facebook page so again thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed uh, and stay safe and uh, talk to you soon.